Welcome to the Nailed It Wall. Welcome to episode three of the Nailed It Wall. This week, we're going to take a look back at the year that was. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. And we're back. Welcome to another episode of the Nailed It Wall. I'm Mr. Lane, the STEM guy. And I'm Mrs. Schofield. Well, we always like to start off our episodes talking about how we nailed it or how we failed it. And this week, I kind of want to start off, I was so excited that we finally got our podcast published on uh, every medium you can think of, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, iCloud, SoundCloud, and it was such a great feeling, and I wanted to surprise you with our very own stickers from Sticker Mule. I was so pumped up. I thought I got these perfect sizes that would go on our Hydro Flask as well as the top of our computers. I ordered them. It told me it was going to be here like in two weeks. I even told you early about this. I'm like, you're not going to believe what I did. I ordered these stickers. So pumped. And I got them in the mail. And what size were they? A little bit uh, larger than postage stamps. Yeah, they're pretty small. Yeah. So $28 later, I I definitely nailed it there. Uh, Do you want to share any uh, nailed it stories? Yeah, I had a a good one. Um, So my son went to camp. And he came back, and he was, we were just chatting about his time, and, and he said, you know, I was pretty sad at camp. I was literally the only kid that didn't get a card from their parents at, at camp. Now, um, do you think this is Sam just ex- exaggerating the fact? Or? I don't. I don't. I get the feeling that everyone else knew that you send cards to camp. I've never been to summer camp, so... It was tough. I feel like I nailed the parent role at that point, but uh, you know, there's room for improvement. I won't make that mistake twice. Well, the good news is Sam's at camp back-to-back weeks. That's right. Now, did you send him a care package? Care package. It was pretty solid. I think he'll be pleased. I redeemed myself. And you're certain that it's going to arrive on time? Yes, 100%. He's actually already received it. Oh, wow. All right. So I nailed it. You you are notorious for the the late delivery dates there. and. The good news is you had the back-to-back weeks there to kind of uh, redeem yourself. That actually was a good thing. Well, great segue there into uh, to the year that was, 2018, 2019. It was just an awesome school year for the things that we were able to do together as we uh, co-collaborate on a lot of the cool things we did. And by far, the biggest highlight for us was Astro Camp. Yeah, Astro Camp was pretty much perfect. Um, although it didn't start out perfect. No, totally. And uh, we had the opportunity because of Mr. Vargas, somebody that I just met on a whim at a computer science meeting from our sister school at Legend Springs. And we eventually, we started out, we wanted to really try to do a, a two-school trip. She takes the fifth and sixth graders uh, from her SAGE program both years. And if you've ever planned a overnight field trip, it's a lot of work it's that goes a lot into of work. it. We, it was a lot of work. We did not realize what goes into that because we were going to be partnering with them. But there, due to some circumstances, things shifted, and we learned so quickly how much you need to be able to do to make something like that happen. We were very fortunate, though. For And we took how many eighth graders did we take? We took 35. Yeah, 35. and we nailed it. We we, we, we learned so it. much. We learned so much through the process, and it was so awesome. Uh, kudos to Mrs. DeVargas, like being there every step of the stage, yeah, like meeting with us, sharing supplies, like anything that would come into her mind. 
Uh, she was so awesome, like stepping up to the plate there. Things that would not have been on our radar, that are now, but that would not have been on our radar. But something like that, when all of a sudden you have to scramble and figure out how you're going to do something, when you're talking about failure, that definitely felt like we were going to fall pretty pretty flat because um, we've never taken, to my knowledge, any overnight trip with the eighth graders in that kind of way. I think they do the Disney, they do, I think that's pretty much it. But this is totally different camp, totally different style of everything, and it was multiple days, not just an overnight. Um, and so that was a pretty visible spot to be trying, figuring things out. Yeah, and Astro Camp is in Idlewild, California. It's, was it 5,000 feet? elevation right. yep. i think it's like five thousand feet up there you know you really have to pray for the weather being perfect everything you know you really need everything to fall in two lines and everything really like checked out and it was, it was amazing. so amazing the kids all they talked about was this experience doing things that they never thought they would do the sky coaster zip line the conversations they had uh, my biggest highlight was hanging out with Phil. We had some amazing chaperones oh, that really the made best. the trip. Kids loved the food. The conversations were the best. The water. Uh, yeah, the water. <laughs> uh, the, you know, in the kids, you know, like a lot of some kids even decided not to come just because they couldn't handle the fact of not being away from their technology for like two or three days. And it was great just to see how them having conversations at mealtime, that downtime in between. And or my, even the bus ride. Yeah, the bus ride was just like awesome, yeah. like seeing those kids. But the the star night, like walking around and doing the, the stargazing, and our kids, Mr. Foot would have been so proud just hearing the conversations these kids. They were dropping knowledge on, and Astro Camp is an amazing camp because they have some of the brightest minds from astrophysics uh, majors, um, engineering, and these kids were were talking circles around some of these uh, counselors at the camp. That's right. It really was an amazing thing. And to not know how they're going to receive it, being away from technology, um, that was a huge, huge deal because nothing that they go to requires them to do that. So for us to ask them to just trust us and step out in, in that kind of faith uh, and to have it be such a success. And, you know, the second we got back, Everybody, even we hadn't even gone back to school. Just our our waypoint at the um, for food, they were already lamenting that we were coming back. So we knew it was a huge success. And another Sorry. highlight for me was just seeing your face on the sky coaster. Oh, Can you tell us what the sky coaster is? Whew. Sky coaster. I don't even know how you describe it necessarily, but basically you're hoisted up. People are pulling you up kind of on a pulley system, and then you are dangled there, and then you pull a cord to release yourself to swing in the air pretty high, and you just kind of let the momentum stop you. You just wait till you, you run out of swings. Yeah, you just drop, and it, it's something. It is something. I've never done anything like that. I also did this maze thing. Did they call it a labyrinth? No, long division. Yeah, long division. Um, so that was, I'm super claustrophobic and it was really, really tight quarters, but that was definitely a highlight for Pitch me. dark. Pitch dark. And you couldn't see, um, any of, you know, up, down, side to side. You had no idea where you're going, but talk about having trust with the people around you and just kind of building that team because that would have been incredibly terrifying for me if I didn't have that. But that and then zip lining, I'd never been zip lining before, so that was pretty fun. It was yeah. just an amazing opportunity. The team building, the, but the kids, what they liked best, 
and they had all these amazing things. They liked hanging out with people they don't typically talk to. So dorm time, the bus ride, meal times, that was their favorite. Well, we knew it was going to be awesome, but we had no idea. Like, in all their reflection pieces was the fact that they were hanging out with kids that they normally did not hang out with. And these are eighth graders. Some of these kids have been uh, at our school since kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And the thing, thing they walked away was, you know, just that time uh, together with people that they, you know, they don't talk to on the daily basis. Well, and then when they came back, that group of kids were pretty um, cemented together. They definitely had a shared experience that they will forever remember those people fondly, and it was like kind of something that bonded them together, which was just the coolest thing to see, especially for middle school kids, because they kind of get into their habits of their peers. So for them to be branching out like that, and it was just awesome. It was just one of, definitely the highlight of the year. Oh, totally. I mean, we cannot like talk about, I mean, even students that, you know, just you know, had a lot of fears and were anxiety about going on this trip and the things that they overcame and they tried and, you know, put trust in us and, and the chaperones and the counselors there to really push themselves to, like, try these things that they never thought they could do in a million years. Tons of fears. Tons of fears overcome. That was amazing to be able to witness that, to be able to encourage it and then have them see that it was worth, worth taking that shot. So, yeah, just... I can't wait for this year. Yeah, and you know, even the counselors just talked about like what a special group of kids that they had, and like how respectful they were. And you know, we celebrated a birthday up there. Mm-hmm. Like the counselors, their time was off, and they just want to hang out with us more, just because they just understood like what a special group this was, and what a special trip it was. And it really was uh, for year two, just like you know, just the planning where you have to anytime you plan an out-of-state trip, you have to go to the board, you have to have literally all your ducks in a row I mean, you literally have to go to the pond and get them in a row and we were right up against it we we definitely nailed our uh our deadlines we did really well with that but there's a lot that can happen and so we were very very fortunate with having everything lined up having everything get the green light we were extremely grateful for such a smooth trip for sure yeah year two is going to be even better and we cannot wait i mean just that buzz like when they came back of i mean fifth graders are asking me like how do i get into astro camp and be like what's how how do you go and just that buzz is already there and this group is just going to be uh so excited to do this trip so so excited uh, transition into our, our second big highlight of the year. I think uh, Mrs. Schofield, you teach um, a STEM class, and I teach uh, like STEM slash computer science. So that you know, seventh and eighth graders, they get a dose of little of that within their their special courses. And a lot of things that we like to do together is like team up and try these things. And we. Uh, you had your class uh, do the Samsung Solve for Tomorrow, which is a competition geared towards high school and middle school students uh, to come up with a, a problem in their community. And we were just blown away by what these eighth graders came up with. For sure, because they really aren't asked to do things like that on, in their typical school experience. but. You know, we, we put this in front of them and said, you know, kind of brainstorm some problems in your community. And then the things that they came up with, I had a smaller STEM group than you did, and I think we had four in my class. Um, and But then we narrowed it down to two, and then you had more um, in your class. But the cool thing was is that kids were so invested in these um, what do you call it? The presentations ideas, or ideas, whatever, yeah, the things that they were putting in, that 
they actually took STEM a second quarter just because they wanted to see this through because they were so confident in their proposal um, and their idea. And I remember one group, especially, they didn't get selected, but the girls said, well, that's fine, but I think I'm going to take this idea and I'm going to keep going with it because I think that this is really amazing. And I, you know, since we submitted, I came up with X, Y, Z that I want to do. And so those are the kinds of cool things. So they have these opportunities, but then that's not where it has to stop for them. They can kind of take that. And if it's something they're passionate about, keep going with it. So how, do you want to talk about it from your point? Yeah, I had a group of 33 uh, eighth graders and they broke up into groups of four or five, but every single group was coming up with this like mind blowing idea. Like, I was just so blown away. I was so excited about them identifying a, a, a problem in their community and, and really coming up with something. And I, I just love the idea that um, Celine, Emily, and uh, Isabella came up with. And it was just such a cool process because they came up with a reliability. Like, you know, they talked, they researched that a lot of cars do not have like GPS. Like, if you were in an accident, like, this thing would attach to your seatbelt and it would alert authorities to where you were based on GPS location. And it was just such a great idea. And they, you know, working with her dad at Honeywell. So, like, we had the business so partners cool. kind of come in. And I really learned so much about the engineering design process, how to prototype, patent these things, and just learn about what was, like, the, the golden hour or, yes. you know, what was that uh, it was term? Something with if they're... If the help comes within that first hour that it like, yeah, like increases like your chances of survival or something like that, that that's the critical time and it was so awesome that uh, their idea was selected among the top finalists in the state of Arizona um, I think there's two middle schools and three high schools that were finalists uh, unfortunately they did not advance to the next round but these girls every day at lunch they're in here they're working on the application oh gosh, yeah. uh, they totally owned every step of the process and it was so cool uh, to work with these girls, you know, celebrating their idea. And they were just so pumped up with it. And uh, we're always looking for those those competitions to celebrate our Love kids on the, on the biggest stage. Because, you know, if you give these kids the opportunities, that's where they, they, they shine the brightest, having that opportunity. Well, and what you said that they told you when they came up with that one was that one of the girls had had that idea for years. What she say? Yeah, like fifth, fifth grade. grade. Yeah. So to be sitting on that and then not give, not be given any opportunity or forum to really go further with that, to be able to all of a sudden get the green light and creative freedom was just so cool for her to have that time to to kind of see it through. Yeah. And I just think that was, and it was amazing that it was a group of three girls. So that was the only group that was all girls. I think actually you might have had one more that was actually a decent. Yeah, I think George's group. Yeah, their, their, their group too. But it was neat to see them come up with something so higher level and to show kind of showcase um, this amazing idea, then the steps with the Honeywell thing. I just loved it. It was a great, um, it was a great way to kind of highlight what everyone's capable of, but I liked that it was a group of three girls. Yeah, and I completely forgot about that, but yeah, that was like so powerful, and like both of us got goosebumps yeah. when she was telling us that, and you know, we were so invested because we were just so excited, and <laughs> you know, invested. it just, uh, those excited moments that you, you give kids, and you just have no clue like what they can what they can do and we're excited for this year's challenge yeah. to kind of hone it in and you know this will be our third year you know submitting ideas and these are these ideas the kids come up with and uh it's so awesome to see them celebrate on that stage i love it 
Now, the next thing, we haven't talked about Moxie Girls. Now, uh, Moxie Girls is going into the fourth year of existence. And do you want to talk about the origins of Moxie Girls? Well, so we started Moxie Girls. We actually were just trying to get new robots is pretty much how it started. We wanted to get new robots because we had taken a group of third graders to compete in a first Lego League tournament. And we saw that they had these really fancy robots. And we kind of had like the Dotson robots. Yeah, we had the NXTs. Yeah. And everyone and else so, was rolling around with the EV3s. I mean, they were, it was a good little robot. Don't get me wrong. But we were ready to upgrade. And so we wanted to do a grant. So we just kind of started looking, you know, what, what would be a good thing to write a grant for? What would be our angle? And we weren't looking for this specifically but everything we kept seeing was that there's a a major imbalance of girls in the computer science and um, stem fields and so we decided well you know i think that's what our our vision will be is getting girls promoting girls in um, robotics and and computer science and so the more we kind of started playing around with the grant the more we realized i think we kept coming up at that point with these stats about mentorship and exposure and just getting girls into that conversation. And so we thought, man, this is this is a really bad problem. And then it kind of was like, we should probably do something about it. Maybe, maybe we could do something at our school that would kind of shift that conversation and start the momentum, you know, just on a smaller scale from where we are. And so I think that's pretty much, and we had, my daughter, which was, we just kind of were like, perfect, <laughs> this will be good, and we'll just kind of throw you into it, and her and her friends, and, and that was where Moxie came She was the MVP, from. I yeah. mean, it really never would have got off the ground no, if, like, she did not recruit, her. like, all of her friends, and, you know, like, at the time, some people were like, ooh, robots, like, yeah. coding, and 100%. Ella, like, assured everyone is going to be about, like, group work, like, you're going to do so many cool things, like, and... Without that, like, you know, it would not have soared the way it did. But the funny thing is, when we were putting it together, you know, there was a book that I just read, and they were talking about building the airplane while it's in the air. I mean, we really were (laughs) building our airplane while it was in the air. And we didn't really tell Ella a ton because we hadn't really figured out a ton of what we were going to do. We just knew we would make sure it was amazing. We would make sure that the girls walked away thinking STEM and computer science was awesome because we knew we could do that. We weren't sure how we were going to do that, but we just said, you know, Ella, you get the girls, and we'll figure it out just trust us and she did and the girls did and you know i remember one of the girls that came to one of our first meetings she thought we were going to be making t-shirts remember yeah, she thought yeah. that's what the club was about <laughs> was t-shirt making um but you know they didn't know they i don't even think any of them really knew what computer science was at that point coding was really 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 a new concept to pretty much all of them and then definitely stem just limited and even though we're a stem academy still girls being actively involved and in like working with robots and just the coding things on the the level that we did it was very new and they soared yeah and the best thing about it was the fact that they were all girls working together and like they were taking chances they Mm -hmm. felt comfortable and they talked about that time and time again of Mm -hmm. like i would not have joined this club like if it wasn't all girls knowing that um they would have my back they would support me that i would not uh, my my voice would not be heard, and that was something that like we really always like cherish about like what that club became. It really was amazing in that respect, and all of a sudden they became the face at our school of wow maybe this is pretty cool you know yeah. maybe because a lot of the girls 
you know, that were not part of it. At first, we're just kind of watching what was happening. But the other thing that I was completely blown away with, and I think that we both were, is how mentors started kind of coming into our program. We knew we wanted to have female mentors because that's um, such an impactful thing for young girls and getting them into STEM and computer science. Do you remember what the well, stat is? Yeah, then uh, it's the number one. Yeah, it's but, made with code. Like they uh, tons of great research. Like with made with code, um, they do a great job. I think it was like one point six percent of the girls like after high school go into like computer science or STEM fields. And then the number one most uh, powerful uh, thing to get girls about that is like seeing uh, females in that role. And, you know, we created the Skype mentors mm-hmm. and we had some of the most amazing, amazing. like girls doing some uh, the coolest things. And that w- that half an hour that we probably spend like once a month was the most impactful for all those girls. All just having to hear like where they've traveled, what they've done, how they use computer science and STEM in like their day-to-day lives. And the fact that they're a woman and there were some of the most awesome females. Uh, Talk about some of our Skype mentors we've had over the last couple of years. Well, even, I mean, we had a lot of professionals, which I'll talk about in a second, but what I liked was I think our first female Skype mentor was a student at ASU, an engineering student. And she was just talking about engineering, what kinds of engineering there are available. And she would compete every year in this um, concrete canoe competition. And so she did a a whole presentation via, I think she did PowerPoint, as I recall, and kind of talked through the whole process and just what the girls have available to them as far as engineering. And I would say, I would say 100% of those girls did not know anything about engineering. I don't think a single one and they were blown away and multiple girls said like I would love to do something like that I would love to build canoes with you know cement and I would love to do this and that and we had I would say we had that on a regular basis after you'd have a Skype person a mentor then they would say well I'd like to do that and didn't matter didn't really matter what it was it was just all of a sudden I could do that like look at these females in this role I could do that too and that was from drone experts to, I mean... The lady from Target who worked with a cat and jack line, you yeah. know, because the, the, the pilot was awesome. And those girls, like, basically walked out of the room and felt like they were floating on the ground. Yeah. And, like, I would love to do this. Um, design, Jessica Hickey, yeah. awesome, talking about what she does at Create Space. Uh, Hillary, awesome, robotics, first Lego league in Arizona. Um, I mean, we had so many. A drone girl was a huge one also. Um, But, you know, and then I think the thing is for them, well, the one that came that was more of a hands-on was Z-Space, FESA, and then just kind of introducing them to um, virtual reality. And and that was a totally new thing for them too, just to be able to see that was really cool. It just opened up so many conversations, and that was the hugest thing. And then another really cool thing that came from the Moxie girls was then another group of young girls um, started a mini Moxie group, and they were, uh, was it second all grade? All girls, yeah, Mrs. Yeah, Edwins. all girls, second grade, decided they wanted to be called mini Moxies. Oh, and the other person that we didn't talk about was someone at Honeywell, volunteered her time to come teach the girls a coding language which what was it uh html yeah. so she taught them like html css mm-hmm. and um i'm blanking on the third one did there. she start on java yeah yeah um so that was really cool because 
she did not know us at all. And that was the thing. All these people want to invest in the girls. They want to invest in kids to make a difference in their life. They know there's that discrepancy in the, in as far as females being represented and they want to do something. They want to be actively involved and encourage these girls. And so we were constantly blown away by the amount of support, the amount of dedication, the amount of time that people were willing to put in. It's well, just, in year one, it was awesome. They were asked to come speak at the district office. And oh, yeah. this is four years ago about like, and all of a sudden they became the face of, That's you know, right. girls and STEM and computer science. And I don't know if you talked about that fact, but you know, it's like below 20% of like every major tech company. And you know, it's a problem that Silicon Valley, you know, it's, they can solve any problem, but they cannot fix this, like, uh, this, gender equity inequity uh in in these fields and it's kind of we're like we're going to take this on we're going to do this and you think about what was a t-shirt company they heard our story um uh, magical market magical market and they heard the story she wanted to donate shirts like you know just like so inspired and those are the things that just kind of went on and just even at the first lego league tournaments kind of like just seeing this all girls team people were like wow how do you do this at your school like what are you doing you know and just those conversations of like meeting people taking the girls uh taking them to conferences like we gave an amazing presentation on equity and stem and people were just blown away by like what the girls were able to to share give back and you know just introduce it again just having the opportunity again to have uh the platform to try these things out where you dare to fail yeah you're safe to fail that's the thing i think that that's the biggest thing for girls in a lot of these things is they feel like they need to get it perfect and so they don't want to mess up and so as they're trying to do trial and error they just want to make sure that they get it right before they do it in front of people and that's not how people typically learn you have to be able to just try it out and you're gonna have kinks and then you work them out together but that's why those girls were just amazing you know their collaboration during fll season was always just mind-blowing and we would have two teams typically at least competing against each other and one year we had three right yeah yeah and so for them to collaborate with each other they're 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 competing against each other but to work so um intertwined and really be rooting for each other and willing to problem solve um, to help each other out. We were just completely amazed by those girls. Yeah. And so this year, like your big thing was, uh, first Lego league is a long season and it literally goes from August until January. If you advance to the state championship and a lot of these teams meet, uh, they meet, you know, four or five days a week, you know, Moxie girls is one day a week, uh, for 90 minutes. And you know, a big part of Moxie girls too, is like, you know, just having that time to unwind. They always start off with snacks each week. Uh, different girl brings snacks and just those first 10 minutes of Moxie girls is like kind of like the funnest time to see those girls personality come out, hear stories, like what apps are doing just, just for them to be kids. And I always enjoyed that time just to sit back and really watch them because, you know, they're all girls together, just being girls. And it's awesome. I love that part. And they do, uh, these girls don't necessarily hang out. You know, you have sixth grade or sixth through eighth grade. So it's a variety of age groups. They don't typically always see each other during the school day. Some of the eighth graders may have overlapping classes, but even them, they typically are kind of spread out. So it would be that time where they all get together. They have this common bond. And the coolest thing about Moxie Girls and what it represents is that all of a sudden, 
these girls become the mentors to the younger group of girls coming up. They're seeing all the cool things they're doing. They're excited for Moxie. They can't wait to be part of this. And they have this great opportunity to be mentored by all these people in the industry. And all of a sudden, they're the role models kind of passing that, paying it forward in a sense. Yeah, so this year there was something that um, was forwarded to me by someone from the high school, and it was an opportunity for something called LA Promise Fund. And it is to encourage um, girls to get involved in STEAM, and I think that was their big focus. And so it was a grant that you could apply for, and the idea was that you had to come up with a project that you would have your kids meet that need. And so the Moxie girls um, decided to do an outreach. They wanted to partner with the Girl Scouts and lead kind of a, um, I don't know, kind of help the girls get their badges for coding, robotics, uh, STEM, things like that. But that didn't work out, unfortunately. And so we kind of regrouped and they came up with the idea, um, one of our first grade teachers, saw that we had got the Q robots, and she has the, what does she have, dot or dash? I'm she had uh, dash and dot dash. before. Okay, da dash and dot, and she's really great with those. But she didn't know how to use the Q robots, and we had received a grant to get those. And so we had the girls go in and kind of do a tutorial and work with the first graders to teach them how to use the new robots. And the Q robots are pretty awesome. What yeah. were some of the things that the girls loved about the Q robots? Uh, I think that it's just fun because you see the personalities and the girls are interacting with robotics, a lot of them for the first time, but they see how much fun it can be, the coding, the different personalities you can kind of give to these um, robots. And it was, it was, they just had a lot of fun with it. They're very playful. The problem solving of having to figure it out because we didn't have those before and they're different than the robotics that we had been coding prior. So it was really fun. They just had a blast with the first. The soccer, like those things already have like AI like embedded into them that they couldn't they could recognize where the did they couldn't they recognize where the soccer ball was and keep it in front of it the robot at all, at all times. They could do that. There was something else that was really popular that they, they love texting. They, they love being the, the text. Yeah, and so they could write out commands in a text and that would be it was just there's so many neat things and we just barely scratched the surface because we got those fairly late into the year so this coming year it'll be fun to see what they can do going forward but they did that and then the other thing that they decided was to um two years ago moxie girls hosted international drone day well talk talk a little more oh. about like their experience going into uh the first grade classroom and kind of showing those off like how well, impactful that was so the first graders were so 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 cute but the girls really had to come up with how they were going to they how they were going to introduce the robots how they were going to break up into the teams and you know what their kind of what their mentality was going to be and working with them and they were so good you know these are older kids and so to work with first graders and it's just very different but the funny thing is because of their background in those dot and dash robots the younger kids showed the moxie girls some things that they didn't know because there were some similarities that overlapped between the two robots and that was really cool yeah, and that was awesome. I love seeing those pictures and the conversations. And you're like, look at the kids here. Look what they're doing. They're just so excited. I, I love that part of, like, you know, how these girls have truly, like, become these role models in STEM education and computer science. And even with that, at the beginning of the year, you got that $500 APS. What grant was that? Oh, yeah, it was APS, uh, Fund My Classroom or something. It was just 
just something that APS decided to do to try and just help local teachers. And I believe it was just a random drawing, as I recall. So that's an amazing thing that APS decided to do. And we got drones. And that's something that we are trying to, you know, really bring much more onto our campus. So that was the first kind of segue into drones that we really, it was a lot more user friendly. Yeah. And a lot of the girls have never used drones before. And the LA Promise Fund, you all actually use some of your funds for that as well. Yeah, that was the other thing. Which is pretty cool. And, you know, uh, this is the second time that our school, but has hosted the International Drone Day, which is a con- which is a day to celebrate drones are good all over the world. Pretty amazing thing that kind of happens. And uh, two year two years ago, Moxie Girls was the youngest group to host an International Drone Day, and I'm sure this past year is still kind of the same thing. But that first day when they were out there flying the drones and just seeing all those girls, how excited they were, I'll never forget. Uh, I, I got Prachi up and flying, and Prachi was so excited, so proud. And then she walks over to me with her iPad, and I was like, Prachi, where's your drone? And then she didn't even want to tell me. And she's like, it's it's in the tree. I'm like, in the tree? I'm like, you kidding? And I, I had to get like the tallest ladder I could find, get that thing Covered out there. Yeah, oh, yeah, the thing was... Uh, uh, hazard let alone I, I get it down and Prachi's like what do I do now I'm like we get that thing back up and we fly and, right. and those girls are just so excited flying drones taking selfies learning how to do these things and uh, Sophie's just amazing with drones and amazing. everything she does uh, but that led into that was a big part of their LA Promise Fund was hosting International Drone Day uh, which was just an awesome event to get people in the community excited about drones have an opportunity to fly drones uh, through through the course there, but I just love uh, seeing the girls dr- uh, fly these drones. Well, and then even how you were saying about Sophie. So you have Moxie girls, which get to go out and you know really mentor other people. But then even within Moxie girls, that you have someone that has this expertise in drones, and for her to in one. I don't even know how long it took her, maybe 15 minutes probably about where she kind of went over everything with the girls and she had them flying and it was incredible. And their faces that they could actually take the drone, have some simple instructions and immediately fly. That was just crazy, crazy cool. Oh yeah. And uh, we use the DJ Tellos, which are amazing drones, like so easy to fly. You can code them on scratch drone blocks, but within five minutes they were trying to do the, the palm land yeah. and having drones land their hand they were flips. trying to do that they were doing the flips they wanted to throw them up in the air uh it was just so awesome to kind of see that excitement and, and the people that we had out for international drone day was awesome we had the peoria police department uh john nunez who does lots of security uh in terms of uh drones he's done like uh, Taylor Swift concerts, Super Bowls. It's just so cool. Kind of goes on there. Someone from Yavapai College, Women Who Drone right, were there. Yeah. Um, it was it was just so cool to kind of see what is going on, like, you know, in this next phase of, of robots that, you know, we have flying robots now. Yeah, it's amazing. Now, uh, Moxie is a great thing. Now, what are your what, what are you looking forward most to in year four for the Moxie girls? You know, I really feel like for the girls, you know, so now most of them will be returning, which is cool because this last year was almost a complete fresh batch. So that was pretty tough because they had to kind of acclimate themselves to a lot of things. But then this year, you have a lot of returning. And so just letting them have a voice in that. Definitely some podcasting, definitely some more um, YouTube videos, um, 
like video editing, things like that, I think would be really great. And I want them to do some programming, some more coding. And then the Q robots is huge. And then we have to figure out how to repair our teledrones. And I want them to kind of be part of that. Um, they, those motors are they're a little bit tricky. So things like that. But, you know, honestly, I also want them to have a voice and say, like, these are the things that we want to do. And then the innovative, what's the technovation. one? Technovation. Yeah, technovation. I'd like to, I'm hoping that can kind of sync up with our timing as well because we've never really been able to do that more robotics and things like that but just really get what's going to get them excited because every new batch is going to have their own personality these girls and i want them to kind of take charge in a lot of ways yeah and back to the la promise fund this is the first year that they've actually taken mm-hmm. it out of california so pretty awesome that you guys were a part of this so and cool. so many groups have like kind of come back year and year and kind of yeah. done this many years I, when i was listening to the like when they were doing like i don't know it was like a webinar or something like that um the live awards and you were here these schools that kept coming back year after year and they didn't win the previous years and then they just kept trying and so just their elation when they got announced as the winners after they persevered it was really cool so i really love that yeah and uh with that being said we'll transition into uh, one of my highlights of the year is something that Fox News does this. What, what do they even call it? Like Fox know. 10, Corey comes out and visits like all these schools and does like this pump up. And they visit, uh, they came to the makerspace, which was awesome. We had kids in kindergarten through eighth grade kind of showing off all the cool things that they were doing. I absolutely loved it. It took us a lot of work to coordinate all the kids and parents getting there on time, making sure everyone knew what they were doing. Uh, but with all that being said, we probably had, you know, 30 to 40 kids in there. Uh, the camera crew, they just couldn't believe what was going on in this classroom. This is, they're like, this is the coolest classroom that we've ever been to. And I love that because I love hearing because it's been so much uh, of our hard work through yeah. grants, donations, creativity uh, to create this classroom. But to have kids in kindergarten through eighth grade, not even clamoring for like camera time. They all just went to their own little projects they were working on. They went right to it and it was just so cool to kind of celebrate the makerspace, uh, see our Verde, our school, uh, in such a positive light, doing all, showing off all the cool things students are doing. Yeah, just the pride and ownership of their stuff, like you were saying. And then such a wide range. You know, It wasn't like just robotics or just coding. It was so many different things that were highlighted. You had the girls do the hydraulics pro, uh, project and Rubik's Cube and, you know, there KJ was so was making Makey Project. Makey, was awesome. Yeah, it was cool because it not only showed it was a chance for them to kind of shine, which they did. They they really did. But then also just for other people watching the news to see all these possibilities and see kids achieving such amazing things. It was, I was so proud. So, yeah. so proud. It was an awesome day for public education and, and the district and how they've supported like the computer science and STEM, trying mm-hmm. to get into every school. And, you know, all of the research kind of goes back to getting these kids excited uh, from kinder through the K through 12 education. And it was just an amazing day to kind of showcase how great our students are and how hard they work and how creative they are. So that was without a doubt my favorite uh, moment in the school year uh, next to Astro Camp there. Um, Now you always end the year in the most epic way. Now, how how do you end the year with your eighth graders? So we get to build rockets. So it's during the physics unit. It is end of the year. And so the interesting thing is, again, you have that mentality of 
failure that really is a barrier for kids where they keep thinking, I cannot build a rocket. I cannot build a rocket. Tons of kids say that at the beginning of the year. Well, I'm not going to be able to do that. I, I Mine's going to fail. I'm not going to be able to do it. And just for them to let go of that and then see with just a few simple, very simple materials, you know, we go step by step and they build a rocket and then we launch them and they have so much pride. And, you know, this year they did like last year, but I feel like they each year is probably going to get better and better with just the pride and ownership of that. But, you know, they came up with a theme, they decorated it, the the meticulous time that they just, you know, their, their efforts. The artwork was like oh, amazing. Like it was, it was just absolutely insane. Like what, what were some of your favorite like designs? I, I really mean, liked the Bob Ross one a lot. That was Jaden. Yeah. Jaden's was really cool. Chloe did the Kermit, Chloe right? Chloe did the Kermit, but you know, just all of them were so different. Gracie did the Gray's Anatomy one. Oh, sore subjects, yeah. sore subjects. I know. So go that one never came. That one got thrown away, but <coughs> it was a successful rocket. But you know, just their stuff was so cool, and the amount of time. And then they realized, like, so I didn't let that. If they had something wrong, it could go epically wrong, and not just wrong like oh it doesn't launch, but like it can blow up, or you know it could be problems. So there were things that they had checkpoints that they had to hit. And if something was wrong, then we would I would say, well, how are you going to fix that? And then they'd have to go back, and they would feel very discouraged. But then when they had a finished product and it launched, they loved that. And the parachute designs, we learned a lot about what works, what doesn't work, and talked a lot about what you know just the components of all of that drag and friction, and you know all of that thrust and the pride they took in their rockets was you know this is the highest level i've ever seen them take the rockets and how many kids want to take their rockets home oh my and gosh, they, do. they would just like talk about like you know even the kids that had to go through the rebuild i remember seeing connor's like oh i gotta rebuild the like, hole inside mm-hmm. and you know like how excited they are when i see them at the end of the day i'm like how, how did your rocket fly and they were so excited and then they want to talk about the epic failures that crashed and and the fact that you know sometimes they would end up in people's backyards and neighbors would bring them up bring to the school yeah. and the kids would be so excited like when their their rocket would be returned well and then the other thing i thought was so cool is remember landon loved loved the whole experience and so he asked if he could take some you know materials home over the weekend and if you could build a second one and if i would launch it and so he took the time to do it and that is a lengthy that's a yeah. lot of work that takes a long time and he did it in the weekend on his own and he came back with a rocket to launch the next week and we did and it was all, another success but for him who knows what he'll do with that like yeah. that could spark a passion for him that you know this will stem from this it's just amazing this it was so great and we had every single rocket launch success that's impressive that's that's tough to do it really was um just that feeling of pride among the kids it's like their highlight of eighth grade and all the other classes when they come out and they're cheering them on and uh just how how much the kids love that it's it's i mean they're building rockets you know it's like this is the future of like spacex and these kids are doing things that they never really thought they they could do prior yeah, and I think that that's the whole thing for us is stretching what they think, what they know they're capable of. And not everything is easy. And I think rockets, Rubik's Cube that we do, there's a lot of things that we put in front of them that are not easy. And I think those are so awesome because then it really helps foster that okay, you failed, and then tweak it and go back to it and refine it and then keep going back. And I love that about rockets and pretty much all the stuff that we have the privilege to teach them just because they're going to become so resilient and, you know, these are going to be our future Google employees and people that run the world, which is awesome. 
Yes, and we didn't even talk about like you know we got a Rubik's Cube team. Like we've been doing the Rubik's Cube, Rubik's Cube the last uh, three or four years. Four years. Four years, and you know we just threw it together like with three weeks. Like we're like, all right, we're gonna get both teams going this year. It was so uh, cool. So we did our four through six division, and then we did our uh, or or our three five three, division, five, yeah. and then our six seven eight, and to get eight kids on each team, like solving the cube, and eight kids that can so- show up on that weekend and solve the cube was pretty amazing oh those kids and hadn't like, even known how most of them from the younger three weeks yeah, yeah yeah so they went That's from crazy. like yeah for the younger group like they went in three weeks like and i can't believe we forgot to talk about this highlight you just uh uh reminded me in three weeks we, we had two teams competing at the tournament which is yeah. so awesome for them to have that experience and just already like how many younger kids are like when's ruby's cube starting up next year and yeah. Uh, we're just like, all right, we're going to do it. And then we had that half day. I, that's like one of my highlights of the year. Like yes. We had a half day uh, the right. day before the Rubik's Cube tournament, which was on a Saturday at ASU West. And we said, uh, we're going to have Rubik's Cube at 3.30, like thinking like, you know, maybe 5 to 10, like get one more day in. The entire team showed up on a half team. day, except one kiddo who even was Even kids sick. that weren't like, even yeah. going to go to the tournament. Yeah. They still just wanted to be at every single possible thing. That was amazing like just when they walked in we were both just so giddy it just blew our minds but they that older team they had kids that knew how to solve the cube and they had more kids that knew how to solve the cube but then there were kids that learned but that younger group and that's going to be our group that comes back year after year and like from them to go from nothing literally we had to sit down and teach them that but then they had to take it home and then they had to practice outside of that and they did and i was just floored and the older group they were amazing like with taking time sitting down with these kids Mm -hmm. really mentoring them and showing showing them and some of these kids just learn on their own i mean this is like the the age that we're in with these kids and it was truly amazing to kind of see like what they did with it and how they ran with it so it was pretty amazing there Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, 2018, 2019 was a great year. I'm looking forward. We got about a month left until uh, the doors open. Kids are in our classes, and we're ready for another year. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Well, uh, I'm, this is a, a great reflection piece, and I, I look forward to like where we're going to grow in this upcoming school year, and when we're doing the same podcast next summer, and looking back and we're reflecting on the school year about all the amazing things that happened, all the great failures. Uh, bring on the next school year. Amen. I love it. All right. We're going to leave you on that. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. If you're like us and you can't get enough of the nailed it wall, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Mr. Lane, the STEM guy. And me at a positive proton.